0: All right. It's nice to have everybody back. I hope you had a wonderful and very restful break. I don't know about you, but one of the worst things uh, being assigned to a college student center, besides some of the students, is the long breaks that we have. Because we go from doing so many things with so many people in the midst of all these responsibilities, you never feel like you have enough time, and then the break comes, and you have nothing but time, right? And so I always put a lot of my travels at that point just so I can go around and see different people. But I think I stretched myself just a little bit because, like, the very day break began, traveled up to Moscow for a couple days, came here for two days to celebrate Christmas Eve Mass, Midnight Mass, then a 6 a.m. Mass on Christmas Day. And by 7 a.m., I had to drive all the way to Salt Lake to meet with a friend, Father Dominic. And we'd spend all of Christmas Day driving down... To San Diego to meet some other friends uh, priest friends and we we're going to stay at this retreat center and by the end of it I realized like I'd stretched myself too thin because we we're going to drive right back here have one day back before getting on a plane to go to seek in St. Louis which was an awesome event um, and then get back here have a funeral in Twin Falls then arrive here today so I just knew it was going to be a continual movement and I couldn't wait to get to this retreat center in San Diego because we were promised three days of just silence and peace and recollection away from everything, and we got there, and to our surprise, uh, the family who lends their house—basically, it's a summer house—to priests throughout the whole year because they're almost never there. They happen to be there at the same time. The audacity of it, right? Like <laughs> them being in their own home when they had us there. So, but it's a little different because you're kind of you're sharing the house now. You're on your tiptoes. Um, you can't just kind of let your guard down. And uh, I just remember I was, I was pretty frustrated with just kind of having to share the house and like kids running around and it was a beautiful time, but it wasn't relaxing again. And so finally we had like 18 hours where they were leaving and then before we had to get back on our trip back to Moscow, I'm sorry, to Boise. And all I had in my mind is I want to relax. I don't want to do anything but sit around and do what I want to do. Just I want to live like a college student for one day, just at ease. And uh, I remember my my good friend Father Raymond Phillips was like, "I'm making omelets for breakfast. Would you like that?" And I said, "I'd love that." Would you like champagne with that? And I was like, "I would love that. That's that's amazing." So we had champagne and eggs, and then we were like, "Well." It's the it's the Christmas octave, so why not some Merlot at midday too? And so we had another meal with more wine, and all I did for like eight hours was eat, have wine, play the mandolin, and sit out in the sun. Incredible, right? By that evening, I felt so bad. I felt like trash, and even just the smell of wine was making me nauseous at that point. And it wasn't even; it was just because. I was, I was thinking about why is it that I had been waiting for this day, a day to do nothing but what I wanted to do, and by that evening I couldn't take another another form of relaxation and comfort. All I wanted to do was get on the road the next day and drive back. And I was talking with Father Dominic, who we drove together, and we were talking about what we want to be excellent in, you know, what, what are the things that we really want to excel. And something he said to me really stuck with me. He said, as a priest, the only thing I ever want to excel in is love. I want to love as well as I can throughout my life. And I was thinking about him during the trip. The whole time I was complaining and looking for like that, that time where I could just relax. And he never said a word of complaint. He was always there just to help everybody else, help everyone feel content. And he was happier than everybody else on that trip because he wasn't thinking about himself. Right? So, I could see that... Have you ever like been around someone who's just so good and holy you want to punch him in the face because they make <laughs> you feel so bad about yourself? But he, he does that all the time. And so, I drove back to Boise. He was here one day, then flew out to seek. And there's one conference that really stood out to me above the others that went into this, I felt, like this message from God during the retreat. It was given fr- by an African-American nun been a nun like 15 years or so and her opening statement is what really grabbed me she said college students are physically emotionally and psychologically disabled and I was like I was like the only one to stood up and like yes I understand finally and if you want to disagree with her just know that she was an african-american nun So that means you're either sexist racist or non-phobic all right so <laughs> this was the truth but she had such a beautiful talk that she that she laid out there because she said how she said basically we as human beings we're made to be a gift, we're made to give ourselves. That's how God created us. And without having someone or something to give ourselves to, bigger than ourselves, outside of ourselves, then ultimately our being is frustrated, right? She uh, quoted Vatican II document that says. Man cannot fully find himself except through a sincere gift of himself. And the reason that college students is very difficult in this time, is number one, psychologically, you're still developing and growing up. The, the 20's are the most important time where you're really understanding who you are. But even more than that, college students don't yet know where am I called to be a gift? Who am I going to marry? Where am I going to be a priest? What is the occupation I'm going to do? Where am I going to live? And it's this in-between phase where you don't always feel like you have a mission bigger than yourself or people around you to really serve. And because of that, there can be a great depression that, that we live with. And her point was really beautiful. She said, unless we learn to make a gift of ourselves in this present moment, wherever we are in our life right now, then our being will be handicapped. We don't need to wait for that time to get to the next stage of my life to understand how I am meant to give myself. And when we do that, we end up missing all these great opportunities that are right there in front of us. That's what made me think about Father Dominic. He was so happy because his only goal throughout this whole time away was how can I be a gift? How can I love those god god is putting in my path. And I really think this touches into the epiphany story of today's gospel because everyone that surrounds this image that we receive in today's readings, they were all called out of themselves. Mary was called out of Nazareth the last month of pregnancy to go to Bethlehem for the sake of Christ. Joseph himself, his whole mission, his whole Identity was wrapped around being a father and a protector and a husband to Mary and Jesus. And that took him away from everything else that, that he had grown up with, that he was comfortable with, to provide for them. The shepherds were just out there do, being faithful to their duty in the middle of the night, right? watching those sheep. And then the magi, who were willing to leave their own country to follow the star that promised to lead to the Messiah. Every single one of them was making a gift of their life to something bigger and beyond themselves. And it led them to the light and presence of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. But not everybody entered into that. The the irony of it is, Herod and the theologians, they were the closest people to Bethlehem. They were closer to them in proximity than everybody else in this Gospel that we read. And yet, they refused to go into that journey to find Christ. It's fascinating that Herod was so obsessed with his own kingdom, with building up his his own life, his own comfort, that he saw Christ as a threat to that. I was like, that's exactly what I felt like over my break. It's like, the more we look at ourselves and what we want to do to satisfy ourselves, the more the invitation of love and of service and being open to the voice of the Holy Spirit and God's voice to us, it becomes a nagging on us. And that's why Herod was so depressed. he, he He even went crazy towards the end of his life. He was not a happy man. Tyrants can never be happy because they're always so obsessed with protecting their kingdom that they see God as an intruder to that. I think that's what Christ was speaking about though when He said, He who seeks to save his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Which is a deep element of faith in that that I let myself go to respond to the call of love, to go wherever God is asking me to go, to serve those around me, to do His will, with faith that He will give me my life back. We always think we're the greatest masters of our life. And that's that's God's biggest complaint to us. You did not let me master you, to guide you, because you had your own kingdom you were trying to build. I don't judge Herod and those theologians because I see that battle in my own heart every single day of my life. And I think this is one of the biggest battles that we face in history, in our governments, our current country, in our church. Am I dying to myself? Am I willing to sacrifice myself to be a gift to God and to others? Or am I willing to sacrifice Christ and His Kingdom and worship of Him in order to protect myself and my rules, my feelings, my life that I've built up for myself? It reminded me of a quote. It's a very strong quote, um, but I didn't say it so I can't get blamed for it. This is from another priest. It's Father John Hardin. But I think it encapsulates this. Herod killed three of his own children. Three of his own children, grown-up boys, because he saw them as a threat to his kingdom. So do you really think it was that hard for him to take that next step in killing all the slaughter of the innocents? The children around him. Father John Hardin once said this, the reason we have, become, we have such a massive slaughter of the innocents is because in the super-developed nations like our own in the United States, we have become a fornicating society, an adulterous society, a masturbating society, a homosexual society, and a contraceptive society. Unchaste people are selfish people. They will not stop at murder if an unborn child would be a burden to their indulgence and sexual pleasures. And what we do with our sexual passions is actually the ultimate expression of how we live our life. It's the core of us. And that's part of the reason there's so much confusion in the media right now that the Catholic Church can never bless sin. The Catholic Church can never bless same-sex unions because it's not fruitful and it doesn't lead to eternal life. But there are people, there's countries, there's priests, and there's bishops who are willing to sacrifice the Kingdom of Christ and His commandments in order to satisfy the kingdoms of this world and our own selfish desires. We can never go down that path. What the Catholic Church blesses is repentance and conversion. A call to give ourselves in sacrifice and love. But that battle, the same battle that was between Herod and Mary and Joseph, the Magi and the Shepherds, is being fought in every epoch in the history of the Church and in every one of our own hearts. And the only thing we need to look at, am I I looking to sacrifice myself? It's the paradigm of my life to become a gift given over for others. Whatever the cost might be to my own good. My own comfort. My own security. My own kingdom. Or, am I willing to sacrifice Christ and His kingdom, and His desire, and His will, in order to protect what I have built up for myself. Let us pray for the gift of faith, the same faith of the Magi, that if I do go on to that journey, that if I learn to offer myself up, to follow Christ wherever He leads me, to make of my life a gift, that that will truly lead me to the fulfillment of my being and at the end of that journey to Christ Himself."